My daddy wants you to know a lot of the episodes have mostly clean language, but this episode has some words in it that aren't meant for all ages. So, if you have kids like me in your house, you may want to put some headphones on for this one. You've been warned. Done, done, done. Gotcha. Go on. Vitae, which is welcome in the Czech Republic. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of 2017. I'm very excited to finally be getting this first episode of the new year to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in again. I apologize for the delay. I've been working really hard at setting up, getting new people in, and setting up the guest list to make this year a little bit bigger, better, brighter, and all of those good things for 2017 to kick off the right way. My name is Tim Wheaton. I am your host of the podcast. I am the creator of Daddy Unscripted. And today you will be listening to my sit down with Joe Bruzzese. Uh Joe, otherwise you may know him as Joe Bruzo or just Bruzo. I know him through Twitter Another one of those people that I have met through social media, I'm very proud to now call him my friend. And we have a lot of things in common. Some of you may know him from Twitter as you are listening in as Joe Bruzo, or you may have heard him on the Section 10 podcast talking with the guys there or leaving them a voicemail. I love listening to the Section 10 podcast and getting to the end of it when they do the voicemails and hearing uh, Joe on there it always gives me a little giggle and I send him a text right away and let him know that I am a big fan of him on section 10 so you know whatever I'm a geek what can I say Joe and I have been communicating for quite some time and this it, it is kind of funny when you listen to this episode and our fork in the road episode the fork in the road episode that will display some of those things that Joe and I have in common that we are both very passionate about. In this episode, we talk a lot about being a dad, about what that means to him. We get into some pretty deep topics here, so I hope you can really dig your teeth into this first episode of 2017. So without further ado, let's get to the episode with myself and Joe Bruzzese. We are here again with another episode of Daddy Unscripted. Thank you so much for joining in on the new year, 2017. We can finally look in our rearview mirror and bid 2016 a fond uh, middle finger farewell, basically, I think, um, is fair enough to say. Thank so, God. Yeah. Um, so hopefully 2017 brings us some better things. Uh, starting us off with a fantastic guest here today. I'm joined by, as some of you may know him by, uh, Joe Bruzzo, uh, Joe Bruzzese. You Red Sox fans who are listening in and you Twitter people um, definitely will know him by that. You Section 10 people that are pulling in, you will know him from the podcast there as well. An all-around fantastic guy who I'm excited 
that I have been able to meet and connect with via Twitter. Kind of a weird way to connect to people, I guess, to those of you who are not Twitter people, but there's some there's some good people out there on Twitter, and uh, one of those being Joe. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Tim. Thank you so much. I'm honored, man. So we've been working on this for a long time. <laughs> we've been working on this for months trying to make this happen because of our uh, varying schedules. Um, but we finally uh, made it happen. It is officially, what, December 28th today? So yes, 28th. Just about to be the new year, but this will probably be yes. hitting shortly after the new year. Let's get back into um, some daddy stuff with you, Joe. And like I like I always say, wherever yeah, that man. means starting and whatever makes sense for you, um, I'll let you basically take the mic. Sure. Just let me say, even with this delay, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I, uh, I think what you're doing is amazing. And I too think that you're an amazing guy and I appreciate you so much in being so flexible in trying to get this magic done. So, uh, I am Joe Bruzzese, uh, born Italian. Um, I am, I guess you would say probably you just rounded off to third generation Italian, meaning my mom was born in America, but my dad was born in Italy. They came over here when they were very young. And their mom and dad brought them over here because where we were living at the time, or where they were living at the time in Abruzzo, there's some really bad stuff going on um, over there at the time. And uh, my grandpa had ties to someone, so we're not going to get into that, but had ties to people in Boston and decided to make the move all the way from Italy to escape what was, you know, called, uh, you could call it um, greasy mob stuff, uh, inability to get ahead because of family wars and uh, pretty real. Uh, so when they came to, let's just stick with my, my, uh, my dad's side right now. When they, when they came out to Boston, um, they were, this is really funny. I'm not going to get into what my name used to be, but things were so bad when they first moved here. Um, with the Bruzzese last name that they needed to change it to a different name that sounded more American. So to an interesting story would be just, I, I'm going off here. Uh, on my wedding day, it was basically, you know, me and my wife were just like, you know what, we're changing this back to the original name Bruzzese. And there were lots of people in attendance from Italy that were, some were very happy about it and others weren't. So we decided to go ahead and go back to the original name. So anyway, uh, my mom's side, okay, so my dad's side, they are traditional farmers. So um, you would say Abruzzo is a very dry, like near Tuscany. It's very dry. It's on the, the east side, east south, southeast of Italy, near the heel of the boot, a little bit up from the heel. So basically, like if you looked at my hands, you would laugh because I'm, I'm a musician, however, but I have tomato picking hands. Like I have small little hands, like little cotton pickers, but you know, we call them tomato pickers because my, my, my dad and his, his grandpa or his dad was, you know, they're tomato pickers. So, uh, my mom's side, they come from Aquaviva, which is in Tuscany and that's on, they are the rich side of Italy. So kind of a weird background with me. Um, my dad being the farmer and my mom being a little Italian princess that, you know, 
if they're, they're exact opposites. One came from money, one didn't. Um, my dad basically, once he came, once we, okay. So while we were in Boston, when I was a little boy, there was still lots of bad stuff going on in the Italian, how do I want to say this? The Italian world or the Italian, where we were living in Massachusetts. And I will say I have family everywhere from Peabody to Wellesley to Winchester to Cambridge to Belmont, everywhere. Uh, there's some greasy stuff going on back there. So how I got out to California was basically my dad was like, you know what? We're not dealing with any of this stuff anymore. Uh, he did exactly what his dad did and decided to move 3,000 well, 3, miles away from Boston to start new. I was, let's see, it was 1993. So I've been out in California since then. So I am uh, I'm declared by my Boston relatives a full Californian now. And when they say that, they use hand gestures that suggest that I'm lesser of a man because I've moved <laughs> to California. That still goes on to this day. Nice. Yeah, so, so you know, I mean, I can hear, I can hear it on the phone. Hey, Cali boy, how you doing? Huh? How you like those rainbows and the sunshine over there in Cali? You know, so everything's rainbows and sunshine here. So, I was rambling there. I, 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 I realized, but I, I want to stress that the weird thing about my initial starting of my life would be that my dad pretty much did the same thing that his dad did is get away from this. I don't know how he got involved in this stuff. I don't even want to go into detail other than I would say, I can say this in good faith, even if my uncle is listening, that he has never paid an electrical or water bill or rent for his whole life. And there's so many corrupt people back there still living in the limelight <laughs> with properties that they didn't pay for. And Oh, things that they've done that they've never gotten in trouble for and it's 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 bad so and it's 2016 you would think that that was pretty much like a reserve for a martin scorsese film but yeah like back in the 70s pretty, goodfellas I'm... is is pretty pretty close yeah yeah no seriously like you're right like it's 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 uh it's gross so we're out here and here i am i mean that's pretty much the background from uh, my my heritage or uh how we got to Boston and then how we got all the way over to California from Boston. It's an embarrassing fact, but it's the facts. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not embarrassing. That's a, really that's a good, is. that's a good story history. Or, or I should say how many of you moved out here to California? Just my dad, my mom, me, my sister. And then later, um, my mom's mom, my Nana, decided because they were so wealthy they, they they had a house in both spots so they would just you know parachute back and forth three months with us three months back home three months right. with us type of deal that was pretty cool so basically um, just your immediate but, family uh, and all the other extensions are still out there on the east coast oh yeah they're still out there yes they are the tentacles are out there <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's funny i mean if my dad wouldn't have moved us out here then I would have moved as, I mean, I just, I would have moved as well. Just, I mean, I, I wouldn't have brought up my kids. Um, not that I'm not going to say that Massachusetts is a bad place to grow up. It's an amazing place. There's amazing people there. There's amazing family. But if you're in the kind of whirlpool dustbin that we were in somehow entrenched in this disgusting tirade of like owing people stuff and not being able to sneeze without your second cousin knowing 
what side you grabbed your ass when you sneezed. Like, it's just, you know, I would have moved out here. So it's good for everybody that we're out here raising my kids out in California under the sun, you know. And what, what was your dad's employee? Okay, so he, my dad is basically like when he came over here, the tomato picking thing kind of went like there's no tomato picking to be done in Massachusetts. So he went to a, what was it, tractor trailer school and became a professional truck driver that drove, you know, uh, what was it back east? Sunoco. Mm. And then when he came out here, it was Chevron. So for, for my whole life, my dad's been a tanker driver. I mean, he... Towards the end there, he was an instructor for Chevron for the longest time once he had the tenure and stuff like that. So he was Knights, which kind of molds my, uh, my daddydom, my, how do, however you say that, pretty much. Because, you know, I saw my dad, uh, let's see, you know how normal people, you work five days a week and then you're off too. My dad would do like a four-day work week and then three days off and then sometimes you know, like a five day work week with two days off. And sometimes it'd be six days with three off. So it was really kind of up and down when he, it was not, it was, it was never normal. It was just week to week what the um, schedule was going to be. And he was gone most nights. So it was really just me, my mom and my sister, just because he wanted to make more money working nights. And that's definitely where the money was. A huge thing with my dad has been putting his hammer down on me and not doing anything with uh stuff that would take me away from the family at night that that has been the biggest uh, like he, he doesn't care whether i shovel shit just as long as it's not at night you know that's been his thing yeah um, as the generations go i will i will care more about being around for my son and my daughter and that's it's pretty much molded that i mean i i i, I loved my dad growing up he was amazing when he was home but uh it was hard when he wasn't home because everybody else kind of had their dad at night. And I just kind of, I became like a man, I guess, early, he said, because of that, mm-hmm. whatever his definition of a man is. He called me a man at five. So, you know, how they do that. You're a man. You're a man now, damn it. I don't want to be. No, but you are. And it was, I mean, it was kind of, you know, it was cool. But uh, working nights was a curse in a way because, you know, I don't know how he did it. I mean, honestly, when he was with us during the day, he was like, a, he was a fucking vampire. He was kind of, you know, if he had four days off, it would take two days to adjust type of deal. And he was kind of always, you know, tired and, you know, upbeat, but tired, just kind of, uh, really, really, really cared about having us all together all the time. I think that's what, that's what his family did to him is that, you know, people needed to eat together. People needed to kiss goodnight. People needed to wake up and give a hug and a kiss and good morning. And, Kind of, uh, it, 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 he, he really kind of instilled that whole thing. Like, if you stop with these traditions, of even like kissing goodnight, you know, um, you know, how when we got older, I imagine you would do the same thing. Like, your mom would be like, come here, give me a kiss. And you're like, ah, oh, Jesus, I'm too old, mom. But it's like, you know, it's one of those, uh, those things that he instilled these little teeny things that you have to do. When, when you were, when, when you guys, guys were out on the East Coast, Coast was, was was, was it, it the kind of cliched, you know, especially for me as a non-Italian um, West Coast cracker white boy, basically? Is it okay for me to call myself a cracker? <laughs> you can. <laughs> you, you know, and, and as a big fan of uh, The Godfather and all of those, you know, Once Upon a Time in America and all those kind of films, 
Um, was, was it very much like that, that where, where all of the tendrils of the family were together on big events and, you know, you all of you kind of grouped together as well? Oh, dude. I mean, everything from... I mean, everybody, like, if you could just picture, honestly, I, and this is, this is not bullshitting. Like the uh, Martin Scorsese could do it because he gets it. And I know that he kind of grew up the same way, um, in New York where, you know, I mean, you, you, you got cousins of, I mean, every single goddamn function, whether it was like, I don't know, man, like a christening or a birthday or, you know, every holiday was like 60 people packed into a little house everybody wearing perfume and cologne and the smell of those blazers with the big lapels and like the, my uncle's smoking and like those disgusting Peroni, Peroni or Peroni, Peroni cigars, those little like Clint Eastwood things you could eat, like the ones he had in Good, Bad and the Ugly, you could chew on the end. Like everybody smelled like you, you, you walked out of the house smelling like you didn't even know what the fuck you smelled like. Like you're, you're, you're fucking, you're like your incense, you're walking incense. It was just the stink. People just, the loudness, the, the music, the, but you know what? What's really funny is we just had Christmas and we just had like the Portola Valley Californian Christmas where the reason why I say that is because it's just like a normal Christmas. We had Vince Guaraldi playing in the background, you know, the Christmas tree was twinkling and there wasn't enough people in the house so you could actually see the Christmas tree from the table. You know, the people were talking at a normal level people were like happy to see each other. And like, you know, we weren't complaining about like our cousin's 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 leg and who stole what from who and who didn't go pray for this person and who didn't show up at the funeral and why, and you know, is this person dead? We thought he was dead. No, he's not dead. He's been taken out of the family. He's gone. He's fucking, he's not allowed over. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, Oh my God. Like, like even down to the sauce isn't the right way. Like there'd be a problem. So I mean, it, it, it's, it's a Martin Scorsese skit. Luckily, there was no blood shed all over the place. Nobody really shot each other in the house. But, dude, if, it, if people didn't blow up and start arguing, you know, uh, uh, an hour into it, then something was wrong. These people were just like, damn. I mean, even sober, they're fucked up. But you give them wine and just forget it, man. <laughs> it's just... But, you know, I, I, I miss it. I miss some of it. Crazy enough, I, I miss the craziness. And I think that's what's bottled up still inside of me so that I kind of bring that nuttiness out to my family um, during holidays and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's like a, a, a title to me to be the world's greatest uncle to my, my, you know, to my nieces and nephews because they think I'm the crazy Italian nutcase that you know, can never stand still. And, you know, uh, I'm a mess. I'm, I'm a beautiful mess, dude. You know, that leads me to like, where, where is your wife's lineage from? Okay. So my wife is a Swede and that's a whole different story. I mean, I went through so much shit, just, just introducing her to the family. Like I, people, people didn't talk to me for, for like three to four months until the wedding invitation came because everybody was making fun of that. She's, there's, yeah, yeah. People were like, ah, you're marrying a Swede? Jesus, do you know what you're doing to the blood? Do you know what you're doing to the blood? And my whole thing was like, yeah, I know what I'm fucking going to be doing to the blood. I'm thinning that fucking blood out yeah. because it's too much fucking thoroughbred shit going on here, man. We got to get this shit out. Let's cut it out. So he's a Swede, very calm, 
very, 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 very quiet, like stone cold quiet. Like if Jan or Jan, whatever you want to call her, Jan, Jan when I'm in a good mood, Jan when I'm in a bad mood, <laughs> she will just stonewall you and you won't get a peep. And it is the kryptonite to any Italian is somebody who is quiet, somebody that won't get won't get emotional. She won't get emotional. Like I'll be running around her like 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 creating dust and she's just standing there looking at me like, uh-huh. Are you done? Are you done? So that's pretty much she's just like calm, smartest woman I've ever met, uh, because she keeps her I'm very intelligent as well, except I let my emotions get in the way, so that makes me kind of a dummy. Yeah, you know? Yeah. She's doesn't let the emotions get in the way and she kind of it was it was let's just say this. I was supposed to down deep, right? Down deep. I was supposed to marry some big breasted brown haired like just Sophia looking thing that like had people chasing her down the streets and like roses falling off her hair. But you know what? The truth of the matter is if I would have done that, I would have been dead like probably 10 years ago. Like Italian, like if I would have found the same thing as me, it just would have been done. I snatched, I snatched her up, brother. I knew at an early time I saw her and I was just like, oh, you're going to save me. Which I'm sure your wife has done for you as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's what, what they, they do for a lot of us. us. So, so then, then that, that puts, puts you at, if you moved out in 93, so you, so you met her, wow, when you were 23, 24, something like that. Yes, sir. So, so tell, tell me about that. that. Are you like in, in college, college at that point or are you... Yes, we're we're in college. Yes, I, I I met her at a football game. Oh, cool! That's appropriate for you to have met her at a sporting event. So you guys ended up getting married, and your kids. How long was it after you got married that you guys finally started having some children? It was a long time because let's see, my son is six, so we waited a long time. It was partly because of my my music was basically my my baby i i used to be not that i'm not anymore but i used to be playing music 12 12 to 13 hours a day when i i was basically married to music at the time and i couldn't i couldn't we couldn't i mean i was so immature it wasn't until seven years ago say that i was like you know she had been ready for plenty of i mean my wife man she's been ready but seven years ago i was like okay you know this let's let's do it and I, I kind of, I guess, you know, became more mature enough to do it. So, so tell me about, about that, because, because I know we've talked, you know, many times and you've told me that you've got whatever going on with recording and whatnot. But what was that that you were involved with music wise and uh, back then that was taking so much of your time? I, um, okay, so I, I basically, you know, lame as it is, I started in a band a long time ago and kind of met um this is really strange because i know how much of a uh prince lover you are and this is i've been waiting to tell you this oh boy lay it on me yeah i had met one of my closest friends to this day his name is chris bastion and he was actually one of four men who was responsible for giving prince his ear meaning Prince would have, and this is all going to come full circle, I promise. Prince was, you know, notorious or famous for being a perfectionist. And 
he would have these people. And the reason why he chose this guy, Chris, is because Chris actually went to um, the School of Music in Berkeley. And he was one of the, the, the top engineers in Berkeley. And this is in, in Boston. And uh, basically was just kind of renowned for his, in the music world mm-hmm. for a, you know, a set of ears or a production manager or somebody who would listen to stuff and give his, actually give feedback was pretty valued and it, it is one of those things still in the music industry that isn't talked about as much and it is there are people that that do that for a living that are highly respected and so anyway he's also a sound engineer uh, my friend chris that basically used to work for prince and the reason why i'm getting into this is because it was right around the time that pro tools came into existence and i don't know if you remember or cared at the time when pro tools the act you know the program where people could bring home their own music you know station and become like david bowie showed i think he did his album um heroes or one of the ones where he's uh i'm afraid to be american with that song okay so he i think that's the first album that he had done with pro tools so however okay, here we go so pro tools kind of started popping up everywhere. And a lot of the people that I was working with, um, Chris being one of them and my other best friend, uh, musical partner, uh, Mike Brodus was basically started in that company with pro tools and then kind of knew me on the side because I used to have my buddy, Chris help me with, he was kind of like my Tom Marshall or something kind of like Uh he would give me lyrics and kind of spin, spin ideas around. And so basically I hooked up with, Chris and Mike through, and we were already friends, but through Pro Tools, they kind of brought me into this world of making music at home. So I was one of those first people who kind of went home and started composing. So what I decided to do was make songs or uh, scores for movies that didn't exist. That was my thing. Like it was kind of like a Brian Eno type songs for airports or, uh, you know, like an inspiration where it's coming from you're kind of making these these songs and I ended up making, I don't know, like seven years worth of material. And my buddy Chris had helped shop it around, meaning just not really shop it around. This is, I got so lucky. Like uh, it was never really a um, specific like handshake or anything. It was just basically somebody heard it, heard my stuff and asked me whether I could be a part of a project that would be kind of like, you know, you submit 50, 50 ideas to these three topics that they would give you. For instance, like a new cologne that would, you know, be, it would be a blue colored cologne that would smell like ocean mist and it's supposed to smell like Malibu. Give me a song that smells like Malibu. That was one of the first things that kind of got me, oh, okay. And then what it really started as was basically just like, cause there's so many musicians in this world that could actually do the music for somebody that you want. But some of or where I came in is the ability to kind of extract what they really want, like what they're asking for, like what color and what what vibe and what and you know and and you know it just came from being told no seven million times and then three times somebody told me yes and then I got to making music for a couple commercials and then that kind of spun off into people tossing my name around like, Oh yeah. Can you give me an idea for a game or can you do this? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so and we were talking about you having to mature enough to the point of having kids, bringing that right back to that. So you made the decision that you were in a place and ready to 
uh, double down on the settling down. If we call getting married settling down, you are now ready to really settle down and have kids. And um, was it immediate because you are another um, stay-at-home dad? Was that kind of by design that you knew that was going to be the um, the way that parenting was going to go between you and your wife, or did that develop differently? No, you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head. We, um, you know, I mean, our, our, the biggest deal here was that a lot of our friends that were having kids before us were, um, they were, they were financially able to do it, but not give their all meaning both of them were either working and they had a, they had a nanny and you know, that kind of had a big effect on us. So we, we were kind of sitting around saying, you know what, if we're going to do this, one of us is definitely going to be home like the way we thought it should be and wh- what it could be. And, and I totally appreciate when people can't because they both need to work because fucking this is real life, man. And I get that. But we were able enough to at least say, okay, Joe, you're going to be home. You're going to be the one that's going to, and my, my wife has an amazing career. She, she works with these private school systems here and oh, whatever. She, she has a great job. So she, we, um, we let her keep her job. And she's, she's fairly, how do I want to say it? She's, she's able to kind of work enough. So she's home early three ish, three thirty. She's usually home. But the biggest deal was if we're going to do this, yes, we, one of us is going to be home, which, which was weird to me and kind of a, a gift or something was that I, you know what, honestly, I had no idea that I was going to be the stay home dad per se. Like I didn't know how long it was going to last. But my wife had this passion in her that said, I know that you'll have more energy than me to do this. Um, I, I'm really weird. Like I, I love, I, I, I don't mind little kids. Like I, I love things that you have to constantly love or give attention to or that are needy because I'm needy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think she knows that. So it's kind of like, you know, like the, the everyday bullshit of changing diapers and, doing all the, the, the mundane bullshit that people make, you know, that could be easily dismissed as, as hell. It was kind of weirdly enough because I think it, my personality, it did not, it never bothered me. Like, I swear to God to you, I had probably, I think my wife would agree. There's probably three days in all those years where it was like, why fucking me? You know, well, I'm a man. I can't fucking do this. Or, you know, I, mm-hmm. you know, surprisingly enough, it, it, it actually, the more and more I did it, as my son started to grow, um, the more and more kind of internally I could go and kind of push out the world. And he was kind of part of that, which kind of helped my music as well. It was happening at the same time. Like we could go in as a family and kind of bring out the toolbox of daddy stuff. Like, like, and that was like such an amazing thing to open like that. Like I, I, I always have this vision of that day that she left to go to work when she left me with my son from the first time by myself that like I needed to like bring out this fucking toolbox that like had been, that my dad had been kind of like storing shit in for all these years and kind of just opened it up and took out piece by piece whenever it was required to be and kind of helped like, you know, like the stuff that was poured into you it kind of comes out and um i i I remember that day that she left Mm -hmm. 
um, like it was yesterday because it was such an amazing like oomph. It's me now. Like this is this is just me. Like I know I could call, you know, I know I can call my mom and she'd help me and all this shit. But you know, I it was an amazing thing. She knew it was it was going to help me grow and it uh, it helps me every day. Like uh, the the stay home dad thing. I mean, it's it's a fucking it's unbelievable. It's uh, it's been a blessing, and uh, it's been. It's it, it that that whole fucking thing of it goes by too fast. I can't even believe, and I'm sure, dude, you have an older one that's eight. I think. You, you, I mean, where the fuck did the time go? Like, yeah, you know, it's it's you know that the, the weeks just keep going on and on, and like, can we make it stop? Like, it just goes so fast, but it's a blessing. A lot of my friends, I think they get home um, at seven, and they see their kid for an hour and a half before it goes to bed, and then they. They do the race again and kind of, you know, and it, it's hard. Like my wife, I mean, she, and it's just I, the hardest thing about being a stay home dad for me was that just that I would always ask myself, am I worthy enough for this? Like, should I be doing this or should my wife be home? Like sometimes guilt would come in and mm-hmm. the guilt's pretty much gone now for the years, but like, kind of like, wow, I mean, am I giving enough? And I think that kind of, in a weird way that kind of pushes, it pushed me to be kind of on the spotlight every day instead of seeping back into like, you know, for instance, my sister has a kid and she's home with the baby. And, and, you know, I, I think when it's an, an expected role, if that makes any sense, like meaning, you know, she knew she was going to be home. Yeah. She's kind of gotten complacent with it a little bit. And I kind of remind her, I go, you know what, let's cherish every fucking day, man, because I help her with that all the time. I'm like, just because you're a mom and you're home, don't give me the shit about the laundry, blah, blah, blah. You know, don't talk to me about the blah, blah, blah. Let's fucking just wipe his ass and love him. You know, like, let's <laughs> let's do what we're here to do. Like, and, yeah. you know you know what I mean? I mean, the dad thing has been kind of, you know, and, you know, I know my, pa- my, my family in Boston are like, what the fuck are you doing? You're doing what? <laughs> You're fucking doing what? What the fuck is going on in California? You guys are all fucked up. Like, you know, I mean, God knows what they all fucking think. You know? Yeah. You, you're fucking wearing the apron now, you know? It's, it's good, good, though. I, I mean, mean it's, it's, it's a, a, you know, I, I had the, the first, like, 18 months or so with my daughter like that, that where I was kind of working from home, and I was home with her, and I think that that really helped create that bond that I see in a different way than with my son, who I didn't have that experience with, and... I think think there is absolutely something different to those relationships. And I'm sure you see it um, with your wife as well. And I talked about this with um, Austin, fellow Red Sox Nation member, Austin Ike, stay-at-home dad. And he was telling me, you know, when his wife comes home, it's like, you know, she is the greatest thing on earth at that moment because she's been gone all day and i think uh to my son when i come home from work it's different for him than it is with my daughter you know who i've i know misses me and whatever but i think there's a little we had a uh deep rooting at the beginning of her life yeah and so i think that uh, my son definitely misses that and I can see a difference when I come home between the two of them. I kind of, I feel bad 
for my, my wife, wife a lot of times, you know, I'm leaving early in the morning and sometimes I'm working until six or six thirty or something like that. And I'm home for half an hour to 45 minutes with my kids before they're going to bed. And that's a bummer for me. It's a bummer for the kids. And it's a bummer for my wife too, because I can tell on those days she's definitely uh, a little bit more tapped out than the days that I'm able to come home earlier. Yeah, man. So, uh, your kids are what? Six and four? Six and five. Oh, wow. So you guys had them right up next to each other. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure that that's, that's a great thing for them. them. You know, uh, my brother, I'm a year and a half different from him, and we are incredibly close. And uh, are you close in age with your sister? Um, where, so my sister and I are three and a half years apart. So okay. not as, you know, I mean, there's, there's definitely a, a closeness now. But, you know, when we were growing up, it was pretty uh, – I mean, that's a big age – difference when you're little i mean you know we got along and all that kind of crap but we didn't um you know what i mean i was pretty much annoyed when my dad would throw the ball to her or you know it wasn't like we did stuff together it was pretty much we did things together i just me and her weren't like buddy and buddies because she was playing with dolls and you know know what i mean like there was a definitely like three to four three and a half to four year difference i respect and i i cherish because my whatever my my brother died when he was one, so I never really had the Jeez. the close. I was supposed to. So every everybody that I see that has a close sibling, I've always envied that like connection. So it was pretty much mm-hmm. our goal to like make sure that that had hap- that that happened. But we just didn't know it was going to be that fucking soon. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's 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 beautiful to see. They, and and like you and your brother, there's nothing like it, man. There's nothing like the closeness of of siblings when they're 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 young together. I mean, it's, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Obviously, I did not know about that, so I'm sorry to hear about that. That's intense. Oh, no, 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 no. You know what? I, I'm blabbing. No problem. No, I'm just blabbing. I, I, it, it kind of I, – I, I think I said that because it, it kind of puts who I am more in perspective, I think. To people who know me, they'll be like, oh, dude, that, that totally sums up who you are now. Like, uh, you, you know what I mean? Meaning I – you know, I just, I, I think I became more forceful of a boy because the other boy wasn't there. And you know what I mean? Like you're kind of, yeah, not like I, I swallowed him up or anything, but I think I encompassed what he was supposed to be as well or something. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be like innately became bigger or something louder or just be, you know what I mean? Cause he's not here. And I think maybe if he would have been here, I would have done, you know, we would have been different. All of us would have been different if he would have had different siblings growing up with. And, but, but my, my role was kind of like the big brother, you know, like my sister was the, the little girl. And I was like, kind of like the dad to her because my dad wasn't around at night and kind of, you know, I was like her man. And it's still that way to this day. Like she, I, there's, you know what I mean? It's kind of like she's married and she has this guy, but it's still, I think she always will look at me as the the guy who's like, you know, I've had to kind of wean her off and say, you know, this is your guy now. <laughs> you know, don't listen to me. You know, this is your your husband's. Uh, this is his your, job. Your dude. Your dude. Now, don't listen to me. You know, uh, yeah, it's his job. Leave me alone. So it's been good. Yeah. yeah, it's been good. When she got when she got married, and Jennifer, if you're listening to this, I love you to death. But when you got married, it was like, thank <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I'm free. You know. <laughs> 
I'm fucking free. Is she, she out, out here, here West, West Coast, Coast or is she East Coast? Coast? Yeah, she she's out here. You know what's happening, right? What, what what's happening is like we. I haven't really talked to you on the phone before, and now I think that I'm actually I have you live. It's like really fun. <laughs> this, this is, is very, very different, different for us. <laughs> yeah, for, for, it's like fun talking for to everybody um, who is kind, kind of joining in, in on our first phone conversation. Really, um, Joe and I have uh, talked through text, yeah. and uh, I have. <laughs> possibly awoken you to the uh, voice messages. I don't want to take credit for that, but uh, I am very big on sending voice texts while I'm uh, driving or whatever, so I don't have to type everything out. Yeah, That's my new thing. Oh, I fucking love it. So, so we have been... I've been doing it all day ever since you started doing that. Yeah, it's just... It's easier to do it, and, and it's cool because I, I have to tell... People that, that I, know I know a lot of times, this you, you know, they'll do the whole reading of somebody's text in different voice, and uh, that it can be a very dangerous thing. Not that you and I have been in like any kind of arguments or whatnot, but I'll, I'll always kind of joke around with people when they read something back to me that somebody sent them, and I'll be like, "Okay, did you hear what you just did with your voice?" That may not be at all how they wrote that. And so I like doing the voice. Uh, I like hearing the accentuation on whatever syllable that I'm choosing to uh, make a little bit more yeah. firm. So, yeah. yeah. So anyways, with your um, kids now and with your parenting and, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about how your dad worked at night and um, how he, it was a lot of you and your mom and your sister. Do you see a lot of your dad in yourself or um, some of those different experiences that you had with him, uh, with his parenting that you did experience? Do you see some of that coming through? How much of your dad being your dad shaped the way that you are as a dad, do you think? My dad, that's interesting because I, I, I think it's, it goes both ways, meaning there's stuff that he, who he was kind of made me who I am, meaning my dad, I love him to death, man. He's like my best fucking friend to this day, uh, is basically, or used to be, okay, because he, he totally changed and transformed into this beautiful human being as he's gotten older. Like, and I can say that with all honesty, he used to be, you know, male Italian East coast. Women do the women's stuff. Men do the men's stuff. A man is a man because he does this. A woman is a woman because they do this. And where my thing was with my mom, because my mom raised me pretty, uh, close to her like I was kind of like her man as well does that make any sense because I was kind of like the guy home at night she taught me how to do the laundry she taught me how to do the folding she taught me how to clean and vacuum and stuff like that and my dad was basically like against that when I was little like he would have a little innuendos sometimes to my mom like oh you're you know you're you're taking his man away or whatever he said that that's what it meant it meant you know you're having him fucking vacuum are you kidding like i th i think what i tried to do because i saw that struggle between 
my mom and dad was I kind of sided with my mom most of the time and, and became the folder, the vacuumer, the, the guy who cleaned the windows, the one who always helped her kind of, does that make any sense? Because my dad kind of was, was, uh, you know, he brought home the check. I'm the man. I'm, you know, you're the woman, you know, you're like cook and, you know, and I, I think he saw that it didn't take away from anything for who I was. And it didn't turn me into some weird metamorphosed half man that he thinks was going to happen or turn me gay in his eyes or something, even though like, you know, I think the reason why they're so homophobic in my family is because there's like seven gay people on both sides. Like I don't get it. Like my family that was so homophobic was so homophobic, like in the eighties, like it just, I mean, we have so many awesome gay uncles and cousins. Like I can't even fucking, it doesn't make any sense. So it's kind of, I think what, what, what had happened was he realized, okay, if he vacuums and he listens to Prince, that he's not going to be gay and that's okay. He's still going to be able to play baseball and chew tobacco and, you know, fucking, arr, and, you know, go cut wood and shit. Watching that break down, like, and how it hasn't broken down to my family in Boston, like where we'll go visit. And then you really feel like you're a different, like you're, a, we're opposite people now. Like they, they don't get it. My dad is kind of metamorphosed into this like liberal, I mean, he was always a hippie. That's, that's just, just the thing. I mean, he, he smoked pot and was into easy rider. I mean, I grew up with, uh, posters of Peter Fonda smoking joints all over my fucking walls. Uh, awesome. So it, it's kind of weird because where he was hip, I don't think he was hippie in the way that he he kind of accepted everybody. So I kind of, I kind of accepted everybody and I kind of had like friends that were, you know, ch chubby, black, Mexican. I had Portuguese friends. I didn't care. Like, like I broke down the thing in my family. I'm probably the only guy actually who, who did that. I mean, all the rest of the guys in my family are still fucking, you know, you know doing that whole wearing the Italian horn fucking, Arr! you know, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever that is like where you, evolution evolution you know it's like yeah, you know, yeah they're screaming it without their thumbs like they, they don't they don't have fucking thumbs they're, they're just like i don't know <laughs> they're just not there and, and i think you know my my mom being just that weird kind of i don't want to say catholic even though we were raised catholic like italian boys like that they feared their mom because their mom could be so mean <laughs> like you just you listen to your mom and you kind of feared your dad, I think, in the Italian culture. Mm -hmm. But I think what ended up happening was, and this is going to get, this is going to cut close, okay? My dad, and I will say this, my dad was hit by his fucking dad, okay? My papa, my grandpa, you know, Mr. Bruzzese, the first or whatever, fucking, he hit my dad. That was their thing. Like, he wasn't an alcoholic, but he hit my dad. And my dad and his brother got hit all the time. And I don't want to say that he was beat because that sounds bad, but I think he was probably beat or hit very hardly often. And my dad's thing with me was he would never fucking put his hand on me. And that's, that's the guy who hasn't put his hand on me other than a hug in all 43 years. And his thing was, of course, you know, um, I was hit, so I'm not going to hit you. So, but what he did by doing that was he kind of instilled this, I'm not going to hit you. But dude, 
you better fucking listen. Because if you don't fucking listen to me, man, you're done. Meaning you're kind of like, you're not going to get hit, but you're going to get cut out of his heart or out of his head or something. He did this like Jedi mind trick thing <laughs> where you kind of like, that's what I'm doing with my son now. Like, I, I, it's not that, it's not that cut and dry where you're like, I will never talk to you again. I fucking hate you. I will hate you forever. It's more like, dude, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to fucking hit you. Okay. I'm not going to fucking punish you. I just want you to tell me the truth. And if you don't tell me the fucking truth, you know, I don't want to talk to you again type of thing. Like you're, you're not the man that I thought you were. And that hurt. Like if he said that kind of shit, if he said, you know, if he gave me that look, like, what, what, I mean, we, you know, we talk with our hands, we look with our eyes and we talk with our fucking eyes. Mm -hmm. you know? Like he fucking, when he looks at me, if he looks disgusted, it's fucking forget it. Like, and, and my wife has said that to me just recently, you know, that she's noticed that kind of, I've been doing that to my son where, you know, I don't hit the kid, you know, I'm not going to hit him. I don't believe in verbally abusing either because I watched my dad get really loud at my mom. He never hit her, ever hit my mom, ever. Never even got close to her. Like, but when they verbalized their arguments out loud, man, it was like fucking, oh my God. Like the things that would come out of their mouths were just like, you know, you, you, you're, I mean, I'm desensitized now, so I, I, mean, I could hear anything and nothing would bother me anymore. But so we don't, you know, we don't argue in front of the kids kind of, we try not to argue in front of the kids because I'm kind of traumatized by that whole listening to that shit my whole life, like the two Italians going at it all the time. Yeah. And, and because of that, like if, if I didn't learn from that, then that's fucking disgusting. Like, you know, I'm not going to, we're not going to do that same shit in front of my, 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 my kids. I've, I've, I've always, always kind of, I've, I've always had that. that belief in, in me as, as well, well that, that I just, just don't get the, I mean, I, I get, get it with hereditary things being passed down and the ease of people being able to do that. But kudos to everybody who doesn't fall into that trap of, you know, my dad beat me, so I beat my kids. And, you know, that's just, I didn't know any different. Amen. Yeah, 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 I agree. I, I've had that conversation with a few people and, you know, when... When, when I was, was a kid, uh, not by my parents, but by somebody else, I was abused. And I've always said, like, there's, n I cannot, like, the thought of what happened to me and the idea of, of me doing that to anybody, like, makes me want to fall down on the floor and just surround myself in my own vomit and shake. Like, there's no way that... I, I would, would ever say, like, oh, yeah, I mean, I didn't know any better because that's what somebody did to me. Like, that's just craziness. That, 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 that takes a real man, too, to fucking, you know, if you, the shit you went through, I mean, to fucking, to swear that you would never, you know, I mean, it's just fucking, that's disgusting. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, we owe it. We, 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 we can't pass on the sins. We can't. And, and that, that goes, goes to a, a lot of things. things. You know, you know that, that goes, goes to not just abuse or whatever. Like you know, that goes to you know, like you were saying, even in, even the way that you are talking in front of your kids or talking to them or whatever. Like you know, the the, the breakdown of our society based on 
some people um, not being able to have self-control and realize uh, what they do and what they say and how it affects their kids and other kids and then what that does to them in turn when they grow up is, I think, um, part and parcel to why we may be where we are with a lot of society today. I don't know. That's maybe too deep. No, no, I, I totally agree, man. I, I, I so fucking agree. So, so uh, I think we've done a good part of the whole parenting kick. We've been on this on this episode for a while, and um, you know, it's good to talk to another uh, stay-at-home dad. And I, uh, I like getting those much different experiences. Um, I don't think we had to go too deep into your Italian roots and, um, you're not going to have to go through another name change after this episode. I don't believe. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I, I won't change it no matter what. There you go. You shouldn't. Barry to Bruzzese, man. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, thank you for being on and, um, I'm, I'm just, wrapping this one up and then we'll go into our fork in the road we'll take a a, a little break but if you if you want to lead people to where you are on twitter if you guys want to follow this fantastic father and man and hear his uh complete <laughs> tirades during baseball actually during any season really because uh you're gonna see it about the bruins you're gonna see it about the red sox so, so do you want to do you want to give your actual handle how people can find you? There's a lot of bad words. I don't know what is it. Is it? Uh, I'll give it. I'll give it. Joe Bruzo, no, right? No, no. But what? I mean, the handle is. Uh, you can find him at. I don't know what it is. J B J R Bruzzese, which is B R U Z Z E S E. Oh yeah. That's where you'll find him on Twitter, and. Oh yeah. That's where you'll see his tirades, and it is definitely. Um, not, not for, for kids. kids. I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> you, you don't, don't want, want your kids, kids on his Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, and I'm not that bad of a guy. I fucking promise. No, I it's, fucking try. It's, uh, it's, it's not that it's, um, that the material is, uh, aggressive or anything like that. He's just, he's very open with his frustration about. Uh, what, what the home, home team, team is, is doing. doing. <laughs> Which, if you go, oh, if you go you deep into a lot of the Boston <laughs> sports fans, uh, I think that's what you'll find in a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole fucking tribe yeah. of us. We're, we're, you know, I mean, what are you going yeah. oh. All right, well, uh, thank you all for listening, and um, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and in like a week or uh, two weeks, you'll be able to get to that fork in the road that we are about to record next wherein joe and i will uh go into some music information and some sports information which uh will be good listening material for you on either side of that um or if you just want to hear two guys that are very passionate about passionate about both of those things you'll be able to get out there so um thank you guys and uh thank you joe Fuck yeah. Thank you, man.
All right. Thank you very much for listening to that episode with myself and Joe Bruzzese. I hope that you all got a lot out of that conversation. Like I said, we got into it pretty deep at some points there. And I think for good reason. And I think that it really helped me get a little bit closer to Joe. Joe, I hope you and your family and your extended family are okay with that. But again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening and enduring the little bit of time off that I have taken to get some new guests set up and uh, working hard to make this a very good and big year for Daddy Unscripted. You can find Daddy Unscripted on Facebook, on Twitter, now also on Instagram, all under Daddy Unscripted. For those of you who want to suggest new guests for me to sit down and talk with, even if it's yourself or your husband, or if it is somebody that you have a connection to that a lot of people will really learn something from and get an entertaining listen out of, you can send me an email at daddyunscripted at gmail.com. I love that some of you have already started doing that. I also want to make sure that I thank Joe and his wife for allowing him to take the time that we took to sit down and have this, uh, this conversation and the one that you'll hear in the next episode. And I also want to make sure I give a very special thanks to the guys who are making the music that you're hearing very lightly and that you heard between different conversation points. Humphreys McGee, make sure that you check them out. They, I can't say enough about that band. Um, you can listen to some episodes with a band member and the band manager as well. But you can check them out at umfreeze.com and find them. They are about to start lots of touring for this year. So make sure if they are playing near to you, I suggest if you can take some hard rocking and some amazing musicianship that you check them out. So thanks again for listening and stay tuned for the next episode with Joe and myself where we talk a lot about sports and music and a bunch of other things. Uh, we try to avoid talking politics and you will hear that in either a week or two weeks after this episode is released. So keep an eye out for that. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks a lot, everybody.